Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab and I am your head teacher. And today I'm ever so excited to talk to you. And not just because the Alt Marketing School certification is opening its doors right about now. So that is very exciting. But even more exciting, we're back today with yet another interview. And I feel it all comes full circle. And so I thought I'll bring back an old acquaintance of myself from my creative impact work, which is Amy Mooring, the co-founder of Humphrey and Gather, to talk about the pioneering brand and all of their work that obviously combines not just her business acumen and knowledge, but also is championing food for all. So it's really strong on the values and vision. And if you know something about Alt Marketing School, you will know that we love to talk about that. We love to talk about founders and brands that are challenging the status quo just as much as we're trying to encourage our students to do the same. What are we going to be talking about today is transparency, work, culture, and also juggling how to hand over different areas of your business. More than that, we're also going to talk about the story and the experience that Amy had 
when it comes to her business. As a lifelong celiac who has experienced a first hand the personal health amplification of obsession with convenience food, Amy is fighting for change, showing people that there is another way and that eating and living well is achievable. And she's doing that as the co-founder of Hunter and Gather. What makes the brand stand out is not only the digital first approach, which we'll be talking about as well today. I don't know if you didn't know, but Amy and her co-founder Jeff were named the Forbes 30 and 30 Europe class of 2021 for their achievements in retail and e-commerce but also because of the focus on innovation and the whole brand has. And even more than that, I would say definitely their focus on work culture and actually values and mission is going to be another reason why Hunter and Gather is so successful among food brands in the UK. Without further ado, let's kick off with today's chat. We're going to talk about everything from work, from culture, to even bulletproof or fat coffee. So here we go. Good chilly day to everyone listening. But if you're listening in a year's time from recording, then you're like, actually, I'm, I'm in the Maldives. It's like 40 degrees. But for Amy and myself, it's quite chilly. And we're actually talking about the joys of hot drinks, didn't we? We did indeed. Nice, nice decaf coffee for me this afternoon. <laughs> Can I ask you, actually, uh, we're going to talk about this and gather throughout the conversation about obviously what you do as well and obviously products, I guess. But because of obviously you do also coconut oil and some coconut oil infused and MTC, something you talk about, I'm going to go by your hacking right now and ask you, have you ever tried and or what are your thoughts on, Amy, Bulletproof Coffee? Yeah, so did you know that the Bulletproof Coffee actually originated and was inspired by a fat tea? And it wasn't even coffee. Amazing. So, yeah, we um, the traditional Bulletproof Coffee, obviously by Dave Asprey, is a Bulletproof Coffee bean, which is mycotoxin-free. And then you would add great fats like ghee, butter, MCT oil. You give it a whiz up. And what that does, it gives you amazing, healthy fats to start your day. The MCT is great if you're following something like keto because it's it's rapidly metabolized by the body slightly differently. So it converts into ketones and that can really help you. So if you're following a keto diet, the coffee, everybody I think loves a morning coffee as well. So you've got the benefit of this creamy fat filling kind of coffee that can replace your breakfast. It can help actually keep you in a fat burning state if you're utilizing MCT oil. So we love it. We do lots of different variations of it. We call it Evolve Coffee or Evolve Tea, (laughs) whereby we actually play around. So you can have, if you're dairy free, for example, and you don't want to include ghee as well, then you could use coconut oil and MCT oil together. You can do it in matcha, you can do it in coffee. So yeah, you can you can totally um, fit it into your, your lifestyle of what you prefer as well. I love it that I was, I, I, was, I was expecting for you to actually know what we were talking about, but I was also open to the fight. You might be like, oh yeah, I heard about it once. But no, Amy came in and she, we didn't rehearse this. I just thought about it. I was like, oh, I haven't th- thought or had a bulletproof coffee probably in like five years. This is how long it's been. And I was like, I guess 
they must make some themselves in like yes and yeah. I, every morning I have a fat coffee so <laughs> MCT every morning I literally can't function without it and once you start you're like wow okay this is giving me mental clarity yeah so once you get on it guys yeah you are, you're not coming off this is pretty it's good <laughs> I love that well let's imagine that we have a fat coffee next to us and uh, I'm going to ask a couple of questions just to kind of kick off our conversation so ma- let's imagine this little fat coffee and obviously if you are having a coffee for yourselves lucky you I have two questions for you just to break the ice before we get into the main conversation the first one is one of my favorite questions because it's something new always always comes and I want to see what it is so what is the biggest piece of advice or common knowledge about other marketing or business that you disagree with, Amy, and why? Oh, that I disagree with. There's quite a lot to be fair. <laughs> we ripped the rule book up a lot. I think um, like following paths of those gone before is not always correct anymore. There's definitely new ways of working. So it doesn't always mean that if something really worked for someone five years ago that it's relevant now so actually you see a lot of people coming through that have got less experience and that experience doesn't always mean success actually you can come through with a fresh mindset and you can absolutely blow it out of the park because you're not you're not constrained by guidelines of what you've learned in the past your mind is free your mind is open in terms of marketing I think that I disagree with clever marketing tactics of peddling the same rubbish or switching up the way they talk about a product to make it seem better than it is we don't like that either there's a lot of that that goes on in especially with big food and also businesses that are involved in like food boards when then they're a bit of controlling aspect they're the major food suppliers sitting on the nutrition and health boards and educating people on nutrition when their agenda is to sell fast food or prepackaged food and things like that that doesn't always sit right with me. I feel like you should get a, a more rounded, a more rounded board of people and science that a lot of people. So I've come out with loads, haven't I now? Science that people believe is gospel. And you look at who's funded that science and you realize it's been totally created for the purpose of selling a product or selling a narrative to fit the marketing of of bigger companies so that's always interesting as well if you see because you always find contradictive science articles and it's like what one do you believe just check out who's funded it what the reason is for and whether it's been like peer-reviewed and replicated on on more than one occasion so there's a few there hello you did say to me oh I have a few in mind. So, you know, you were not, you know, you went in it and we already knew there was going to be some goodness. And I love them because they're quite multifaceted in a way as well. And to be honest, I resonate with with all of them in the way that obviously my background is in wellness as the industry that mainly I, I, I showed up, I guess, uh, in for the past seven years now. But I also love that there's the element of what you mentioned at the very beginning, which is, I think, now a question for you around that, actually, you talked about, 
obviously, you know, maybe not following the path that somebody has followed before you or what are the guidelines supposed to be, what you should be doing. There's a part to me that wonders, again, having starting my own marketing school, which is meta because we're doing it now. I started a whole new brand, a certification for marketers, looking at, you know, like getting people into like jobs. And it's a very different thing than what I used to do. And I realized that I went with my gut just because that's kind of what I knew. But I'm wondering whether in order to do that sometimes, and I want to hear maybe from your experience as well, maybe we need a bit of bravery and a bit of courage to do that because I don't think that everybody follows, let's say, what the people have done because they're necessarily lazy or because it's sometimes it's because you're afraid or because you think, well, if it worked for them, then maybe it works for me. So I kind of wonder where where you came from because I believe that sometimes it comes from recklessness, sometimes it comes from creativity and confidence. And sometimes also there's a bit of bravery in going against the tide instead of following something that might work because other people do it. And some people are a bit afraid of staring away from that. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. For me, like Hunter and Gather wouldn't be what Hunter and Gather is without two people. And that's me and Jeff. Like neither of us individually are what it takes to succeed in business. And that can be quite a weird thing to say as an entrepreneur that you that you don't have you don't have all the skills and you don't have it all we're meant to have this bravado of yeah we can do it all and we're, we're very confident we're brave and things like that but ultimately actually reflecting on what you're good at and what you're not good at is also important and then seeing where the path takes you your experiences and not over analyzing because you can get paralysis from analysis as they say just Sometimes you need to trust in your gut. And a lot of what we've done is based on intuition. It did not feel right for us to just launch straight into a supermarket with a cheaper product that that was not as healthy. We came from it from an aspect of what's our mission? What's our tribe going to look like? What values do we have that we don't compromise on? And therefore, we had to think outside the box because we was making a product that cost more than what was on a supermarket shelf because we were creating something that was completely different and completely reinventing the category. And so you have to be brave to do that in one aspect. But also, don't underestimate, like, not, I wouldn't say it's naivety, but a lack of knowing everything because you will never know everything and sometimes you can just feel like it's the right thing to do and trust in yourself and trust in your gut and you'll make it happen and you won't hear like if you just listen to everyone um Henrietta from Lily's Kitchen the founder of Lily's Kitchen who I have worked have worked with and for in the past in my career she was told she launched the most expensive pet food, grain-free healthy pet food in a recession that was over four times more expensive than what was on the shelf. And if she'd have listened to other people saying no one's going to buy that, it's not, it's too expensive. Why are people going to pay four times more for a product when they can buy it for 50p? And she didn't listen. She went with her gut. And the business is a multi, multi, multi million pound business that 
is helping the lives of pets across not just the UK but further afield and I feel like I learned from her actually to be quite brave and we've done that with Hunter and Gather the price is the price because it's a quality product so we need to grow the category and stand out from the crowd and I think human nature is for some people is to follow the crowd we don't want to be outliers and it does take someone to think do you know what no we are outliers we're different we're doing it different and that's um how you can succeed I feel in quite a crowded and and difficult industry to get into I love that and I I can see how that goes back to the idea that when you know if you use the analogy of the followers and the leaders when you are leading by saying at the front in a way, sometimes it's harder to see what's what's around you because a lot of other people might be doing similar things. And it's, as you say, kind of finding that the intuition. And also, I think there's um, there's a lot of sayings about like, you know, fail, fail fast and fail hard was one of um, was one of the advice that somebody else disagreed with. And they were like, yeah, it's great. But then, you know, you also want to get something that works. And I think it's that reminder of finding that balance and because you're trying something new, sometimes it will work, sometimes it will not. But I think it's, there's so many big lessons that you can learn from actually kind of thinking slightly outside the box and go with something different, which I think sometimes you forget about or you miss out on. So again, it's, it, as you said, it is an element of bravery. There's an element of unknown. Sometimes you just have to go with it. But I always say to people and also to our students that if you can be flexible on the how, and I love what you mentioned about non-compromising on some on some of the key values. And you feel strongly about the why and your mission, and you can be flexible about the how if you need to. That is a great way to actually find that middle ground sometimes. Now, before we continue into this super inspiring wave that we're kind of riding together, I'm going to draw back with one more icebreaker question very quickly, just because I'm curious. And that would be, Amy, if you were not doing what you're doing today, you're not, you're obviously the, found, the co-founder of Anthony Gather, you're not doing this. What would you be doing instead? What would be the other job you were doing? What would you be spending your time doing? I would either be running a zoo or I would be breeding horses, probably. <laughs> is, that, is that a backstory on the breeding, breeding horses side of it? Because I think that's even more specific and I'm wondering whether there is a backstory to that. Um, so my background is all pet related, animal related. So I have a equestrian degree, first class honours in equestrian stud management and business. So the business side has helped me, but the equestrian side is now just a hobby. So yeah, I was always going set down a route of animals and it was actually um, working with I worked for a big company in the human food space and pet food space and learned a lot about the corporate world which I didn't like and that led me to work for Henrietta at Lily's Kitchen as a startup and gave me the startup bug and being a lifelong celiac I always had a desire to help or do I felt like I had an itch just in the free from space and the nutrition of food and pet food and human food surprisingly have some similarities and from learning about the startup and learning about the corporate world and how we can make a difference in the, in the human food world that's where I came from in terms of wanting to start hunter and gather but yeah so always always animals in my past so I'd, I'd probably yeah might even have been on a reserve in Africa who knows could have been anywhere 
I love that. I love the little backstory. Actually, on the backstory, now I have a question for you. You said that you didn't really fit or the corporate world didn't fit with you. But I'm wondering, can you think of a lesson that you learned to about yourself, maybe something that you applied into Anthar and Gather from that experience in the corporate world, from seeing that type of environment to be in that kind of space? Yeah, I think for me, it was really interesting to see how the culture was in a corporate world of like almost being made to feel like it's the best place on earth and you would never find anywhere better and really almost trying to keep keep you in the ecosystem of that corporate corporate world and that they were striving for that small business mentality and I think people may have seen it even with bigger companies like they want to appear small because a lot of public want to buy from smaller businesses now they get that so they're really trying to have this this culture of encouragement but it all come across a bit fake in one sense whereas you go to a real startup or you go to a smaller company and you get so much more insight across the business there's not hiding of information or you're not just one small piece of a, a bigger picture so yeah, you, you get a lot more uh, across a startup. And I think not pretending to be too big is an interesting one from a startup perspective or or new like you can you can pretend to be small and people you can sorry, you can not pretend to be big and be small and have that as a benefit. Because I think a lot of people start do a startup and they think, oh my God, we've got to pretend to be like this amazing company, fake it till you make it. But actually, when you are in those early days, you can make the mistakes and people forgive you more because they know you're a smaller business and they love that. They love the behind the scenes, the not so structured nature. So, um, yeah, don't don't worry about always pretending to be bigger than you are. People love to see that kind of they love to see me and Jeff even of Hunter and Gather that some people still think we're making it at home in our kitchen, which isn't the case but they love that aspect of of thinking that we've created this we're really hands-on in the business so keep keep hold of that as well I'm going to ask you something around the last bit you mentioned now which is keeping hand-on and I think it's very important especially in the way that you mentioned there and I'm I want to see what is again starting as a small business especially the two of you doing a lot of it again I've, I've been knowing you or the brand for a while so definitely known that you've been like doing most of it for such a long time how do you find the balance between still obviously being hands-on knowing when to be hands-off and knowing when to be almost completely removed from one area on one aspect if you ever do so you might not I just want to hear that because it's very unique it's very individual but I think also is a conversation that a lot of us struggle to have when you are in a very like vibrant startup kind of small business environment yeah, and it's still something that Jeff and I are both working on. So we've grown from just Jeff and then I was, I was well, Jeff was part-time. I was like a small amount of time. Then Jeff was in the business. Then I was half my time. And then I finally come in fully. And we've grown now to a team of, there'll be 10 of us by the end of, of this year. And that's crazy to think like how we've we've grown and ultimately you get to a point where I quite like having a, 
an overview and actually knowing how to do most things and then getting it to a point where I'm like, you know what, okay, this isn't my best use of time now. Somebody can come in and do better than me even. And that's interesting to think of as a founder that you're not going to be the best at everything. So get an expert in to do that role. So we're actually focusing on employing people that are experienced. We've waited longer. So we've had, we didn't gain loads of um, junior staff that would require a lot of management. We've made sure that we've put heads in first so that they can then support more junior members as and when they come. Um, I think a lot of people think they need to get team early. The budget doesn't allow it. So maybe you compromise on the skill set or the level of experience. And I'm all for giving yeah, young people an opportunity, but they need direction. And if you can't do that or give them time, you need to make sure you've got someone who can. So for me, it's been about handing over the things that can be done that someone's better at. So customer service, for example, our lovely Nairi and customer service, she's much better at speaking to the customers than myself she gets so much more praise than I ever would and um, actually it's useful to have me as a secondary tier so that if there is a problem that needs escalating or I need to get involved or help out then that's almost helpful as well but it's all individual I think it can be really hard to step away from the business and our ultimate goal is that I'm not working in the business, but working on the business. And as founders, you get to this point where day-to-day is so much that you can't be a visionary or explore the growth, which can then stagnate the business because it's tiring to keep thinking differently, to keep pushing forwards, and you can very easily slip back into that well-trodden path. And even if your path is following a direction that's different than some of before, you need to reassess that every year to make sure that you're you're still doing the right thing. So you'll know it will get to a point where you're just like, oh, my God, I, I actually can't do this anymore. I'm not getting the best out of it. And it warrants a full time person. What I would recommend is if you can't afford to do that and bring someone in, there's a lot of freelancers that are great at their jobs that you can hire on a part-time basis for example and you'll get all their skills you don't need to worry about like HR or holidays so much and and setting up bonus structures and things like that so you can pay a freelancer salary that way and you'll get part of their time we've utilized that a lot in, in the beginning before we we brought in a team I love that. And I'm going to add to that just very like on the side, en passant, as they say, that obviously if you need anybody in the marketing sphere, then make sure that you check our students as well, because a lot of them will come out and a lot of them are ready and looking for new opportunities as well. And I think there's something that you said that I really love. I mean, I loved a lot of it because I was like, yes, like the working on the business, not in the business. I was like, yes, as, as I'm still like, you know, sometimes kind of sorting out the website or doing things like that and I think it's a reminder that you can do a lot of these things because as you said as an entrepreneur maybe you know you don't do it all perfectly but you can do a lot of it and it's also like okay I can do it but is it really the best use of my time or is it really what is going to help as you say that growth and 
this is another question that I have for you. It's more a reflection for me as well. I'm feeling quite reflective right now. But I realized that for me, the biggest growth that has happened for everything I do, because obviously I've got two companies now, is that I was forced to step back and, and streamline and clear out things and do less. And by doing that, I was able to look at growth a bit better and a bit more clearly. And I think it has happened because after 2020 was a year of adjustment for us, like for everyone, 2021 became an, a year of big changes. I don't think they were big. I don't know if you had it as well. Like they, they were small and they would happen, but then because it kept happening, like the habits of the consumers changed so much again. I feel that it became quite a big change at the end. So yeah, basically this is my reflection, but there was a question in there as well, because I feel that I'm not alone in kind of feeling like 2020 was a year of kind of survival for a lot of people, just figuring out what to do. And I feel like for a lot of people, 2021 has been a year of change. And for me, it was literally working more on the businesses than in the businesses. And I was wondering, one, whether you felt that there also was a shift uh, in 2021, and two, uh, if so, what was that shift? So for us, definitely, I feel like we was very up on the e-commerce of the business so we've had a couple of years of head start I'd say on a lot of businesses so 2020 for us was actually a a skyrocket of a year because we were playing on e-com space and a lot of people just all of a sudden spent their time online so for us our brand awareness just went crazy health was very important to people the time was online, we were online, whereas we've felt like 2021 has been more of a foundation for the next phase because, and there's a really good book, actually, I think it's called Zag, and it's about if everyone's zigging, you should zag. And we was on the online world as a food brand when everyone else was focusing on grocery. And then now everyone's rushed to get online we need to change our strategy is how we push it again because it the, the adverts are in a much bigger sandpit of other competitors now in the social aspect. So you need to be up in your game in there. So it's like, okay, what do we do now? Actually, is working with farm shops and delis, is that where we should be? Is it like different stores is it like uh household stores or is it clothes stores where people are are, where we're not competing against other people it's always thinking about something different right okay people are now actually noticing stuff coming through the letterbox again whereas everyone just used to throw it in the bin now if I get something through the letterbox I read that versus the adverts online, for example. So our 2021 has been a year of building out the team, building out our processes. And I think getting ready to understand, like, where what is the new normal now? Brexit was a big issue for a lot of food businesses. And that's starting to settle down a bit. So it's now actually, right, we're going to need a hub in Europe. So now we're, we're, we're going to need a warehouse there, a warehouse here. So we're starting to, yeah, go across borders, which probably a lot of us didn't think about previously. But I think the online world still has a lot of opportunity. I think a lot of people have shifted to online and haven't really gone back. 
I think they've realized what you can do via Zoom or what you can do online. So will the feet be out on the street? I I don't know. I do hope so, because it's quite nice to go out and physically rather than always on a laptop. But I think ease always wins over over anything else. So we'll see. Be interesting. You hit the nail on the head that like there's an element of you know, what is the path of least resistance for a lot of us, especially for consumers, especially as users. And again, you mentioned like uh, how the audiences adapt to the new normal. And I think that's going to be key. And I love, I mean, I understand why you mentioned being able to look forward and be okay. 2020, we really saw um, online skyrocketing and e-commerce. Now what is the next step? And that's obviously why you're a really successful business, especially in the food space, because you are looking at, you know, trying to, not just be obviously happy with where you're at, but understanding that then things are shifting and they're shifting faster than ever. And so it's good to be able to try new things so that you know where you want to settle again. And I think that's been one of the big things that have been happening in the past year as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Thank you so much for the wisdom, for the stories, and also for the reminders, I shall say, of some of the things that sometimes we tend to forget uh, when we're too busy looking like forward sometimes there's an element of reflection and these reminders definitely help people now this if people want to find out more about hunter and gather and fat coffees <laughs> going back full circle please 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 tell us where can people find out more get them products get the love start brewing yeah definitely so best place is our website hunterandgatherfoods.com but you can find us on Ocado on Amazon in your local health store independence um so we're an omni channel so you can find us where you want to shop and um yeah social media as well at huntergatheruk we've got lots of recipes and articles and free ebooks so you can get all the content that you desire from there for free Um, But we specialize in real food and supplements that are always free from refined sugars, grains and seed or inflammatory vegetable oils. So if you're on the path to health and wellness, you should check us out. We can definitely help you. Thank you so much for listening. Head to allsmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.